With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. This programme, as we know, is all about inspiration. It's all about helping people make a positive change. And you may just hear something on this programme that may just make a big difference to your life. And it's a pleasure to be joined on the phone now by uh, by John Lane. Now, John is part of Team GB, is a decathlete. Um, John, big thanks for joining us today. How are you? Uh, not so bad. How are you? Not so bad. Not so bad. Well, I'm pretty good, thank you. Uh, you've just finished training, early morning training session. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've just finished the training session at Institute Sport in Sheffield. So that's that's done for the weekend. So that's happy. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> so you can relax a bit. Relax a bit. So John, there you are. You're, you're a member of Team GB, and um, just tell us a little bit about John, though. You know, first of all, and because um, I gather you you were born in in America. Just tell us about your life before you became a GB athlete. Um, yeah, well, I was born in America, but me and my sister were actually um, due to my dad working at that time. Um, then. My mum and dad moved to Australia when I was about three. My sister Emma was about six months. So we moved there when I was three. Um, again, I had work commitment. But then I lived there till I was 19, 20 years old. And then I decided to come over here and try and compete for Great Britain in athletics. Wow. So so was that east or west coast of Australia then? That's the east coast. I, lived, uh, I grew up on the Gold Coast. Oh, wonderful. What a great place yeah, to grow bit, up, eh? A bit hotter than here. Yeah, <laughs> tell tell me about it. So so yeah, it's a great place and over there. So they're very they they like the sport. It's great to be out and out and about. So so where did the inspiration come from for you to sort of get involved in sport, John? Um, yeah, I mean Australia loves sport, as you know. Um, I was very lucky to go to a very very good sporting school for my whole twelve years of education. So I got thrown into sport very very young. I mean all sports. Um, Inspiration for me really was just my dad. To be honest, I mean he was he was sporty. He always pushed me into whatever I wanted to do, um, whether it was cricket, swimming, surf life saving at the time, or uh, rugby union was a big passion of mine when I was a kid. But yeah, probably my dad. To be honest, I mean, and my school teachers. So a combination of them two probably helped me get to where I am today. Right, and I, and I gather you were pretty good at rugby. Yeah, well, I mean, I went to a rugby union school, which was a big help, and I um, played rugby since I was about. About five years old, all the way up until I got injured and couldn't play anymore. So about eighteen, nineteen. But yeah, I love rugby union. I mean, I'd probably say that if I couldn't do athletics, I'd go back to rugby union. Right. So, so was it after those injuries then that you got involved in athletics? Um, I always did a little bit of athletics. I was always quick. I can always jump. So I always did it at school sports days and stuff like that. And I always trained twice a week for sprints, predominantly for rugby union but then I got two really bad shoulder injuries and basically got told I couldn't tackle again so I had to reevaluate my options because you can't really tackle if you, can't, you can't really play rugby if you can't tackle yeah no I, yeah I could, yeah one of those uh, yeah a bit difficult to do that so so there's a bit there about sort of overcoming adversity then really because I guess at that point it, it must have been a bit of a well a, a bit of a downer for you to sort of stop playing a game that you love yeah I got I mean like I said I got injured I broke my shoulder when I was 16 um, I had a Pretty much total reconstruction of that. Had got three screws in it. Um, came back from that, and then about 12 months later, I dis- uh, popped my bicep tendon off the bone, so I had to get that pinned back on. So that basically got rid of all contact sport for me. But yeah, I was. I was in a bit of a dark place, to be honest. After I got to couldn't play rugby, and I played it since I was a kid. All I wanted to do was play for the Wallabies at, at the time. So that was a bit. Oh, well, it wasn't a bit. It was very, very 
disheartening. I was very annoyed for about six months. Right, okay, yeah, just carrying a bit of anger about, I guess, for a bit. Yeah. So, so did you move into the sort of athletics and started getting involved in the decathlon from that, that point on then, when you sort of began to focus on the good things in life again? Yeah, basically, my old coach that I used to work with in Australia, Sharon Hannon and Pete Hannon, based on the Gold Coast, they are athletics coaches. I always sprinted with Sharon, and I always did a bit of long jump with Peter. But then Peter suggested to me that, well, you're fast, you can jump. Why don't you try the decathlon? So I gave it four weeks of like trying all the events and learning new skills and just training as a decathlete, really. And then I liked it, and then I never really looked back, to be honest. So, so for for those who are not totally totally afraid with the decathlon, John, what what events are included in that then? Um, well, the decathlon's over two days, so it's five events per day. So the first day is the hundred meters long jump, shot put, followed by the high jump, and then the four hundred meters to finish the day one off. And then day two, you start with the one hundred and ten meter hurdles, go to discus, pole vault, javelin, and then you finish off with fifteen hundred meters. Wow, right, quite quite a, an intensive couple of days then. So, so yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster to be honest. Yeah, so you, you got something there. That wonderful word again. I guess it's you, you've got a reason why and a focus to do something. Yeah, I mean it's training to the castle is never boring because you're always doing something new each day. So in a way, you kind of keep yourself a bit mentally alert and uh, like basically you, you never get bored. So it's always good to you've always got stuff to focus on down the track, but it's good to set. Oh, I, I tend to set short-term goals and long-term goals, so try and hit my short-term goals, and then if I hit them, then I should be on track for my long-term goals. goals but right. Forgive me when I ask this question, but at what point did you realise you were pretty good at this? Um, I probably think, I thought I was decent when I did my first decathlon in Australia after four weeks training. Didn't know what I was doing. I had a sore shoulder at the time again, but I finished second at the at the national championships and scored a decent score and just missed the World Junior qualification. As of then, I thought, okay, I might give it a go. Uh, and away, and away you went. So, so w- when did you come over to to Sheffield then, and, and what was the reason for that? Um, I came over to Sheffield in, I think it was 2010, beginning of 2010, to work with Tony Nercello at uh, Sheffield Institute of Sport. Um, I got in contact with him when I was in Australia and said, like, what I was doing and what I what I, what I planned to do. And he basically said, come over and have two months where we have a look at you, and you basically have a little trial. He was heavily involved with Jessica Ennis at the time. She yeah. was just starting to come to her peak of her performance. So, but then I never really looked back to her. I came in for two months and I've been here ever since. But it's been, I've, had, I've had a great relationship with Tony and obviously Jess when she was still training and competing. But it's good to it's good to see. It's good, I'm very lucky to train with one of the best athletes probably Britain's ever had. So I learned a lot watching that. Did you just did you write to Tony then? Was it just thought I'm just going to go for this? No, it was. Um, I got contacted. My dad contacted someone over here he knew, I think it was Steve Cram actually, and then Steve Cram got in touch with Tony Minicello and Tony Minicello got in touch with me and I just took a punt really, I just said right, I'll just see what happens, worst comes to worst, I, I come home. That's amazing because so many people, there's, there's lots of people I guess they've got, they've got ability in, in, in talent, not just in athletics but in lots of things but... They don't have that belief to actually take it to the next level and maybe would have shied away from doing what you've done. So that's absolutely, for me, that's really inspirational to the people that are listening today is to actually go for it. And um, if you really believe, go for the dream. Yeah, like I had a, well, I had a lot of help from my parents. Obviously, my dad helped me get over here and sort everything out. And my mum's always been behind me in whatever I do. So I'm very lucky to have very supportive parents. 
they'd back me to do whatever I wanted to do. So that takes care of one part. You don't have to worry about all that expectation stuff. But yeah, I've, I've had a lot of help and over the years from coaches, parents, other athletes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to take, take a punt and sometimes it works and if it doesn't, but so, what's, the worst, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you end up where you are when you've started, I guess. That's the worst yeah, thing that exactly, can happen. Yeah. Um, so so when, um, when did you get selected for Team GB then? Um, I got my first international vest in 2010, I think it was, for an indoor championships, indoor multi-event championships. And then I represented England for the first time in 2004 in Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. But in between them, I've had a few injuries setbacks. But I think I've, I don't know how many international competitions I've been to. I haven't really counted, really. But it's been a few, but I've had a good ride, to be honest. So, so, where, so where are you now? Because don't you hold a, an indoor record? I did, but it got broken. It got broken in, in America by the Catholic uh, called Tim Duckworth, who beat it by twenty points. Which is in the decathlon world, it's that's absolutely nothing at all. It's like half a second. Wow! So it's close. It all it, it, everything comes down to inches and margins and points. And but fair play to him, he did the business. He had a great he had a great competition over there, and he's he's got a few more coming up. So it'll be good to compete against all them lot in the outdoor season. And John, what, for, for someone who's listening to this and like wants to maybe um, maybe get involved in athletics, but maybe maybe sport in general, are, are there any like nice messages that you could give to them? We've touched on a few there because you've overcome adversity and, and belief. Is there anything that you could say to them? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things really. It's just because you uh, are not good at one sport as a kid doesn't mean you're not going to be good at another sport as a kid. I mean, I never thought my wildest dreams that I'd become a decathlete when I was... 13, 14, 15 years old, train 10 times a week for rugby union. But it's because I did all the basic fundamental skills at school and I did some athletics training as a kid. I could, not knowingly, but happily fall back into athletics and have a good ride like that. But um, and the other thing is, if you look on TV and you look at all these athletes, the Olympics and all that kind of stuff, there's no way you think they're, they're injury-free and they're 100% all the time and they've got no issues, no worries, no cares about life. It's, the complete opposite. I mean, every athlete's got injuries. Every athlete's got problems that you don't really see. Every every athlete's got niggles. Every athlete's got to overcome stuff. But they put on a front, obviously, when they compete, which they need to. But if you get injured or you're doing something, you get a setback in training or a setback in anything, really. Just because you get a setback doesn't mean that that's the end of it and pack up and go home. It's just you got to just keep put your head down and... If you believe it enough, you will end up getting to where you want to be if you keep persisting. Well, look, John, a big, yeah, big thank you for joining us today. I think, you know, I'm sure that'll be an inspiration to many. And uh, whatever you're doing this weekend as well, have a great weekend too. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Thanks, John. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio.